My name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. Hello, 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 everyone out there. This is Dominique Drew with Radical Intimacy. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've got a great show for you in store this, this, uh, this fabulous day. And I'm thrilled that you can join me for it. So thank you so much for tuning in. So today I want to talk about why do bad relationships happen to good people, right? If you would like to have some input in this conversation, send me your comments. You can contact me on Twitter. I'm available at Domini Drew. You can read more about me at dominiedrew.com. That's my website. It's D-O-M-I-N-E-Y-D-R-E-W.com. I'm on Instagram at the same, the same uh, address, at Domini Drew. And uh, I'm a... I'm a relationship coach for specifically for men, for single men. I help single men attract life partners through personal and relationship coaching. And the work that I do is basically an intensive process of self-discovery and uh, mindset training and mindfulness um, that helps you see how you're holding yourself back from what you want. It really, it really identifies um, where it is that you're holding yourself back and allows you to open up and drop those old patterns that are no longer serving you and, and find what it is that you want. Now, specifically, I work with single men who are looking for long-term relationships, but the same process works, you know, whether you're looking for a hookup, whether you're looking for a friends with benefits relationship, you're looking for just sex, you're looking for, um, you know, a, a one-night stand, you know, whatever it is. I have no judgment. I don't, I'm not more pro relationships than I am pro being single. I have been both for long periods of time, and I'm a big fan. So this isn't just at all for people who are, are looking for relationships. Honestly, I think the friends with benefits relationship is one of the most sacred um, that there is, really. And uh, and I think it's it 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 doesn't quite get the credit that it's that it deserves to get. So during our uh, our show today, if you would like to call in and give your opinion, I would love to hear from you. The number you can call in is at 708-793-7769. And again, that's 708-793-7769. So feel free to uh, to give me a call if you have questions, if you have comments. I always love to to get feedback from people and see what people are thinking. So you know, in my business, I, I work a lot. Um, I, I do see women, but I, I, I generally work, I generally work with men. And 
you know, people come to me with all sorts of, of different, I mean, even just today, I was on the phone with seven different people and each one of them had a different relationship struggle. You know, um, they were either in a relationship, they were very unhappy or, you know, they're single and, you know, they're miserable. They, they want something real. And these tend to be people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, usually between about 30 and 60. And, and so the, the issues really, really vary. And I, I, you know, by seeing so many come through, I end up really having a sense of sort of the, the 30,000 foot view of, of men in relationships and what they want and what they're seeking uh, when they're in this particular, in this particular state. So, <clears throat> so why do bad relationships happen to good people? Because, you know, a lot of the guys that I work with, they are really, really good men, you know, not even just regularly good men, really like high quality, high quality guys. They're interested in, in mindfulness and bettering themselves. And they want to, they want a full and, you know, fulfilling life. And they really, really, really struggle. So there's, there's a number of things that I, that I hear when people are coming through, you know, people are, are, are calling in. Um, one of the consistent things that I hear all the time is that they don't understand what they're doing wrong, right? And this is really common. I, I, I see this with most people that I, that I talk to, whether, you know, again, whether you're looking for a long-term relationship or you're looking for, um, y- you know, just, just sex, not just sex. Sex is great. <laughs> sex is a wonderful thing. Have more sex, everyone. Um, but really, you know, that, that, that connection, you know, whatever you do, make it great. You know, that's the, that's the key point for me, I think. Um, you know, it it doesn't matter to me whether you're looking for something committed and monogamous and long-term or, you know, could be committed and non-monogamous and long-term, you know, we're going to do a show coming up pretty soon on swinging and lifestyle, um, you know, non-monogamy, ethical non-monogamy is the, the sort of official term, you know, polyamory, which is not the same thing as polygamy. We're going to talk about all this, um, you know, and, and, and swinging and, and playing around. So your, your relationship doesn't need to be monogamous to be serious. It doesn't need to be um, long or forever or, um, you know, confirmed by, by marriage papers to be, to be serious and fulfilling. You can have a friends with benefits. As I said, I think a friends with benefits relationship is one of the most sacred out there. One of the most sacred connections you can have. Um, and it could be completely unattached in a way, you know, completely unpossessive. In fact, I think being unpossessive is one of the, or non-possessive, I think I'm making up words here, um, is one of the things that makes it so sacred because it's, it, it flows. It is what it is, you know, rather than attaching, okay, well, you're married to me now and so you're mine and so you're not anyone else's and I'm not anyone else's and these sort of restrictions kind of come in and and it starts to get really dense. So anyway, that will be one of the episodes uh, that we'll do coming up here shortly. But today I really want to focus on this question of why do bad relationships happen to good people? And again, um, the the overarching concern that I see or or aspect of this that I see is that um, is that the guys I talk to, they, they don't understand what they're doing wrong. You know, they're they're high quality guys. They're either online or they're meeting people in person. They're, you know, sometimes they don't know how to talk to women. You know, 
what the issue actually is that they're struggling with will vary. But they don't understand why they're getting what they're getting. And that's just extremely important. Because, and it makes sense, because if you think about it, if they knew what they were doing that was giving them what they don't want, right? If they knew what they were doing wrong, in other words, they would change it, right? I mean, that's not rocket science. If you know, if you're doing A and you want the outcome of C and the outcome of A isn't giving you C, then you try B, right? And you change it. Um, so, so generally people don't understand why, you know, why either their relationship is shitty, why their dating experience is shitty, and and there are a number of there are a number of these that I just sort of jotted down earlier today that I hear quite often. Um, so, in and and all of these are either you keep getting the same type of woman, you keep attracting the same woman, or you keep attracting the same type of experience. Okay, and either way. Um, you're not getting what you want, right? You're in some sort of a kind of a pattern, right? So what are some of these? So here are a few. Um, the ones you want don't want you. Okay. You have, you know, maybe you're, you're pretty good with women and, um, and you can talk to women and you can attract women and all that's fine. But, but, but they're not the women that you want, Right. And what tends, what, what can go along with this, what tends to go along with this is that the ones you don't want do want you. <laughs> so, you know, you're sort of friend zoned by the women that you're attracted to, that you're interested in, that you really want to pursue. And then the women that you're just interested in being friends with or, you know, think are great but aren't attracted to are, are actually pursuing you, Right. Here's another one I hear a lot. They're chasing all the time and not being chased. So guys, you know, I think that it's, it's starting to become a norm in the dating world that it's just sort of assumed that you guys need to go chasing around after women who sort of brush you off. Please don't let that be your norm. That's not a thing, okay? It doesn't need to be a thing. If, if, if a woman is not pursuing you as much as you're pursuing her, then you can do better is, is the fact of the matter. You know, you in some way have not caught her attention. So this is really common. They're chasing, men are chasing all the time and they're not being chased. You know, I understand there's like a, you know, men pursue more and women like to be pursued. And that's not quite what I'm talking about. I'm talking about her, you know, well, okay. So this is, this is actually the next one. This results in you're constantly in a state of uncertainty about whether or not she's interested. Okay, so this isn't just like, oh, you're a little bit long distance, you're half an hour away and you always go to see her on your dates. You know, that'll vary by couple, but I think that's nice. I think that's, that's chivalrous, you know, for, for you to come to me, for you to make that, you know, put that effort in so that I don't have to. But it's different if you're coming to me and I'm not that interested, right? If I'm really interested in you and you're like, you know, here, I'd like to come. And then every few times I go, here, let me come one time. Let me come to you. <laughs> let me come one time. <laughs> hopefully that's a different discussion but but you see what I mean here so there's this you know you 
you, you, it's, it's, it's okay to wait to find someone who matches your enthusiasm level. They should be excited about you. Okay? But if you're constantly in a state of uncertainty about whether or not she's interested, oh, I mean, that's exhausting. How long are you going to stay there? Like, who, you know, do you have somebody in this, like this in your life right now? Do you have someone who, you know, you'd, you'd go all in with? You would, you know, you'd delete Tinder for, right? <laughs> the ultimate form of commitment. <laughs> and sometimes she seems interested, right? Sometimes, you know, she gives you, you know, she, uh, I was just speaking with someone today and he said, yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, I, one time I walked into the room and she saw me and her face lit up with a smile. And like, that's great. That means she really, you know, she likes you. It doesn't mean she wants to date you. It means you made her smile. She likes you. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different ways to love, y'all. A lot of different ways to love. And that's really, really important. So, so she may, you know, there are people in my life that I love who are in their, you know, 60s and 70s. I, I, I love them. I light up when they walk in a room, you know? But it's not the type of person that I'm going to have sex with or engage with romantically. So that's a really important distinction. So just be aware. Um, and we'll talk about this more. But I really, I really just want you to, to look around in your life and see if there, if there are women that you are chasing down that are, are half-assing giving it back to you, okay? So this is one of these, you know, one of these uh, patterns. So if this is happening with you, then this, this today's topic will be applying to you. All right, so let's go over some more. So uh, if you are uncertain how to approach or talk to women, okay? This is really, really common. And if you're, you know, the over-the-top player type where you're like, oh, fuck it, I, I can handle bitches all day long. Chances are you're overcompensating, so you may want to tune into this as well. Don't be shy. Don't be shy about it. If you're uncertain how to approach or talk to women, that's okay. It's really, really common. Also, women are scary. Like, legit. If this is you, don't feel, don't feel afraid. Uh, you know, it's... <laughs> you know, men and women function in very different ways. And it can really be, it can really be, you know, difficult to, to nail down um, what it is that's, you know, what it is that she's, she's trying to communicate if, if that's not a language that you're fluent in, you know, body language and social skills and, and their, their skills, their skills. And not everybody has them. In fact, a lot of people don't. So you're not alone at all. Um, and it's okay. If you're uncertain, you don't know how to talk to them, that's okay. All right, we'll work on that as well. Um, or maybe you're super comfortable talking to women, but you always get the runaround. Okay? So this is kind of similar to always chasing and not being chased, but that's sort of more like, you know, there's confusion about whether or not she's interested in you. Okay? Um, someone else may be super comfortable talking to women. You've, you're, you've, you're, you're suave, you're confident, you walk right up to them, it's no problem. But then they just don't, 
they don't let you catch them, right? Something pushes them away. Or in some way, okay, you're doing everything right and one way or another, it just keeps not working out. So do any of these sound like you? Either the ones you want don't want you and the ones you don't want probably do. Or you're chasing and not being chased. Or you're constantly in a state of uncertainty about whether or not she's interested. Or you're uncertain how to approach or talk to women. Or you're super comfortable talking to women, but you get the runaround. Or in whatever way, you're doing everything right in your own head. And somehow it just keeps not working out. So all of these are states, and there are many more. But these are, you know, issues that I hear a lot. These are really, really common. Um, you know, and there's always this dance between, between men and women and male dynamics and female dynamics. And, and yeah, there's some artistry to it, but there's also just some basic shit that you can get straightened out that will help a huge amount. Okay? So, let's dive right into it. Why do bad relationships happen to good people? Right? The fact of the matter is, a huge amount of this is psychological. Arguably, you could say it all is, but we'll just go with, it's a lot, okay? And that means that it formed in childhood because we formed in childhood and we are, in fact, what's going wrong, right? Because if you think about it, I know I've said this before, if you're doing everything right and one way or another, it just keeps not working out over and over and over again, or in some way, you keep getting the same type of women or the same type of experience, what's the common denominator of all those experiences? Right? You are. You are. Of, of, of all the experiences that you in particular have had with women, you are the common denominator. So where do we look for the problem? Do you want to keep chasing around how awful women are? Do we want to bitch at the dating scene? Do we want to blame Tinder? Do we want to pin it on, you know, modern society? Or, you know, put the responsibility on, you know, your location? Oh, there's just no good men where I am. What bullshit? Or women. Sorry, I switched into women mode. <laughs> I hear this a lot, actually, about the, the you know, the places where I've lived. People are like, yeah, there's just, there's just, you know, the men here are all da, 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 fill in the blank. And I'm sitting here being like, you are making it impossible for your, for yourself to meet anyone. I tripped up my words there. I'm not sure if that made any sense. But like, you're, you're basically creating an impossible situation. As, as long as you're sitting there bitching at the outside world, you are a victim. You can do absolutely nothing because you can't change modern society. You can't change Tinder. You can't change women. You can't change you know, the direction that society is going. You can't change our culture. You can't change, you know, the technology. I mean, all, all of those things are outside of yourself. So the, you can sit there and blame it for, I mean, truly as much time as you possibly want. You could have as much as you want, but it's not going to move you anywhere. And it's sure as hell not going to fix your damn problem. Right? So how long do you want to do that? And the answer may be the next 70 years. And that is great. Good for you. But don't be surprised when nothing changes. Okay? 
because the more the 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 more time you spend putting the responsibility outside of yourself, the more you're making yourself a victim. You know, you're literally a victim. You can't you can't fix it while it's someone else. And this is huge. And this is huge in relationships too. I mean, you know, blame is just, is a, is a very, very seductive mistress. It, it, it really is. And it's so seductive. It, you know, it's, you, you want to take the responsibility off of yourself. And unfortunately, it just doesn't work. Look, if it did, I would tell you. I'd be like, yeah, fuck the man. And this would be a whole different radio show. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, I have examined this from all directions, including trying to give up as much, avoid as much self-responsibility as I possibly can. And it, it just flat out doesn't work because you're, you're putting the, the onus to change on something that you don't control. So is there shit going on in the world? Absolutely. Are there issues with women? Fuck yeah. Are there issues with Tinder? Yeah, definitely. Are there, you know, are all these things happening? Yes, of course. Is that why you you keep attracting the same type of women and the same type of experience? No, it is not. There is nothing about the outside world, truly, that is causing you to repeatedly have the same experience over and over again. That's you. Okay, we're going to talk about that in just a second. But really let that sink in for a minute. That's a pretty big shift in the way most people see the world, you know? And this, by the way, is why you don't understand what you're doing wrong. Because you're, you're looking to fix it outside yourself. It's like, you know, the guys who are, who are chasing and not being chased. It's like, oh, you know, I, I entered the room and her, her, she smiled, you know, the smile lit up her face. Okay. But, but while you're trying to get her to like you, you're you have no control. You can't, you can't impact how she feels about you. I'm not saying you can't fix your behavior if you're in a relationship with someone and she's like, you know, I want to break up with you because you're a dick. You could stop being a dick and then it might work out. But, but that's like feedback coming to you. You're still working on yourself. You see, you see the difference as opposed to like, yeah, why doesn't she just love me and continuing being a dick and being surprised why, you know, you get left. So there's a couple of things that that come into play here. Um, a, a, a lot of it's psychological, okay? <clears throat> Early on in life, we have experiences that cause us to believe certain things about the world. And these then lodge in our system and we grow up believing them and we believe them so much that they color the way we see the world, okay? And they end up causing a lot of problems. And I'll go into that more in just a second. But, but childhood beliefs are probably the number one, they are actually, the number one um, reason why bad relationships happen to good people. Uh, another, another quite significant one, you know, in the psychological realm is, is parents, okay? Um, Again, we're still in childhood, but as far as just watching your parents, you know, we, we take on a huge amount in early childhood, and a lot of that is from watching our parents, okay? So if you have a parent, um, if, if, if you have a parent who say, um, 
who, who model a certain behavior, then we grow up to then follow that behavior. We then create it, okay? So let's say that <clears throat> dad was, you know, dismissive of mom. Like he kind of, you know, he says he loves her and he takes care of her or whatever, but, but under the surface, he like doesn't think she has any real value. Okay, let's say that's like kind of the dynamic, even if it was never said, because children are extremely intuitive, right? So then you grow up and you see that and you go, oh, okay, well, that must be what love is. Okay. So dad's dismissive of mom, her thoughts, feelings, emotions, point of view, just kind of devalues her. So then you assume that's what love looks like or what that's what, that that's what women want. And you become dismissive of women. Okay? This is, this is very, very common. And then what you'll tend to do is you'll go one of two different ways from there. So you, 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 you have an underlying belief that women don't have any value because that's what's been modeled for you, okay? And this, this isn't like a fault thing. This isn't like you're a shitty person because you think women have no value. A lot of people think women have no value. A lot of people think men have no value. That just doesn't have as much charge in our society, which is rather unfortunate. But, but really, the, you know, the space that that gets you into is really, is, is really very profound. So this is very, this is very common. Don't try not to hear blame. There's, everybody does this. Everyone on the planet does this. So, so it's not about, you know, you're, you're bad and wrong because you, you know, don't understand, um, you know, you don't think women have any value. It's like, okay. You know, I've, I've, dated people for years who, who literally hate women, hated women. Um, you know, I have people in my, in my, you know, close, uh, you know, close family and extended family who hate men, you know? Okay. You know, we've all, we've all got these issues. It's, it's, it's not about not having the issue. It's just about handling it in a, in a mature way, right? Does it matter if you devalue women? No, not outside of you getting what you want because that's going to hold you back from having a fulfilling relationship, right? Because you, you, don't, you don't believe they have any value, so you will never see any value in them. You've already decided in your head, right? So, so is that in itself wrong? No, not at all. Is it going to block you in life? Yes, absolutely. Is it okay to act on that? Absolutely fucking not. Because these are your beliefs. <laughs> these are not objective reality. Do women objectively have value? Uh, yeah. Do men objectively have value? Uh, yeah. So you see the distinction there. But we're just talking about beliefs right now. These are underlying beliefs. And they're all okay. All right, so if you slide into self-blame, catch yourself, that's a pattern. Okay, had to give that little side note there. All right, so... Uh, so, so you've got this, you know, these, these parents and your dad didn't really value your mother, was dismissive of your, of your mother. So, so generally, from there, you'll go one of two different ways, okay? One way is that you will mimic that behavior and you will also think that, um, that women have, that, that women, you're also dismissive of women, that women have no value, okay? And so, so the underlying belief is women have no value, let's say. And then what will happen is you will either um, be proven wrong, okay? So you will, you will find women in your life, you will see that they, you will treat them as if they do not have value and they won't like it and will go away. 
And then you'll go, gee, why are all the women leaving me? Okay. Or you will attract women to you who also think that that is love, who also believe they have no value. And you will feed each other's defenses. Okay. This tends to be the one that's, that's more common. Okay. Truthfully, objectively, both of these two things will happen, but you will notice one or the other. Okay. So if you have, if you believe that women have no value, then women who believe that they do have value will not be attracted to you. They will find that a huge turnoff. The word turn off and turn on is a really great one. And this is, again, I, I come back to this so often, but this is why I fucking love working with attraction because attraction is completely authentic. So you could have a, you know, a, a woman in the corner and she's a smoking hottie, you know, of some whatever party. And then some guy comes up and he's, you know, just her type. He's stunning. He's, you know, whatever she likes in a man. I like to think he's Latin. That works for me. And he, you know, he comes up to her and, and, you know, approaches her, but he has a belief that women have no value and she does not. She, she knows she's very comfortable with her value. She knows she has value. So when he starts talking to her, probably even before he starts talking to her, she will feel turned off. She will be repelled. It's like a magnet. It's like two magnets going the opposite way. Okay. They repel each other. So so he's, you know, he's attracted to her, even though he knows women don't have any value. That's like a given fact for him because he's never challenged that belief because he doesn't know that he carries it. He just thinks that's the way the world is. Let me just say that again. He assumes he's right because he has never challenged his belief because he doesn't know he carries it. You're starting to see where we're coming back to uh, you don't understand what you're doing wrong? Okay, so we're coming back to it. So, <clears throat> so there they are in the corner. He finds her very attractive um, and, and goes to, to hit on her or whatever, and she is immediately uh, repelled. She's not attracted, okay? Because she can feel that belief. What you believe inside emanates from you. Okay, it, it works on a lot of different levels, all right? Some of it, yes, will be physical, it'll be body language, it'll be um, unconscious gestures that you make, little micro muscles in your face that, um, that express one thing or another. That's all really common, okay? But it's more than that as well. Um, it, it's on a much deeper level. It's, it's, it's energetic and it's spiritual and you, you literally, you emanate it. You're, you're, it's, it's radiating out from you, okay? And, <clears throat> and people can feel it. So that's why, you know, that's why the, the work needs to start with you because I can't just say, you know, let's say that you do discover that you believe that women have no value. Okay, great. So now we know that. So that mystery is kind of solved right there, right? And then if I were to go to you and say, well, women have value, and you go, okay, and then you go hit on that woman again, she's still not going to love you. She's still not going to be attracted to you, right? It's a lot deeper than that. These, these are beliefs and not thoughts, okay? I'm just going to take a quick pause here and just, uh, and just sort of outline the, the, the differences because it's quite distinct. Thoughts are uh, light and fluffy, okay? A thought can come into your, to your mind 
you know, we did an episode at some point about negative self-talk and uh, how damaging that can be, that, that voice that runs in your head all the time, right? Those are thoughts, okay? And they, they have impact, they do, all right? But a belief is different, okay? I'm gonna tell you a belief that you have right now. You believe without ever having met you, I can tell you right now that you believe the sun's gonna rise tomorrow, okay? That's an assumption that you carry. And you know, because you probably made plans for next Thursday, right? And I'm not saying it's not going to. What I'm saying is it hasn't happened yet. And yet you're assuming that it's going to, okay? And that it's, it's, it's like a part of your body almost. Like these beliefs are so deep, and we'll talk about why in just a minute. They're so deep in our, in our, in our systems. They're actually literally in our bodies, okay? So when you change your beliefs, your body will also physically change. Okay, this is something that I experienced uh, very, very strongly, actually. I had major, major, major body issues. Um, I also looked completely different than I do now. And um, when I started doing this work, I was about 19 when I started doing it very, very intensively. Uh, and I did it for about 15 years straight. Um, what I did was I... I challenged all these beliefs that I carried about the world and about myself, okay? And as I did that, I, 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 I found them, first of all, right? These are unconscious. So I found them first, brought them into my consciousness. Then I challenged them. I was like, well, is that really true? And then I realized they weren't because these are always false, okay? And then, and I kept doing that and doing that and doing that. And as I did that, my body changed effortlessly. So I was always trying to lose weight before. I, was, I felt like I was really heavy. Um, I, I, was, I was uncomfortable in my body. I didn't feel comfortable. I was very, very blocked. I, had, I carried all these blocks that, you know, around, you know, fear and my energy was all frozen up around my chakras and, and not around my chakras, really everywhere. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and as I released those, you know, as I stopped taking responsibility for other people's shit, for example, was one of my big ones. I would always, oh, it's my fault. Here, I'll fix it, okay? And that literally weighed on me. It weighed on me. It, it created, I, I held it in my body in some way, okay? And so as I let go of that, as I let go of all the guilt I carried from my childhood, the, you know, responsibility for other people's happiness, um, the expectations that life had to look a certain way, whatever it is, you know, all the bullshit I was carrying, I can't even name it all, so much of it. Then effortlessly, the weight fell off my body. Literally, it just fell off. I, I couldn't keep it on. At some point, I called my mother and said, I'm, you know, X weight. I'm a little concerned. Is that, do you think this is healthy? Do you think this is okay? I was like, do I need to go to a doctor? <laughs> because my entire life, I'd spent, um, you know, designing, you know, trying to lose weight, trying to get to be a certain weight. And then all of a sudden I couldn't keep the weight on. It, it just fell off on its own. And I got to a healthy weight, bam, and stayed there. So, so, these, so these are not just thoughts, okay? You literally build your, build your life around these, these beliefs. They're so ingrained, okay? So, so with the example of the, of the, of the parents, you know, if you have a, an invasive 
you know, an invasive mother. Okay. And she's always nagging at dad or something like that. And then you're always, you know, you're, you're attracted to invasive women, women who invade because you think that that will make you happy. Okay. So that's how, you know, the, the parents play a part. But really there's more. Okay. That will color who you are. That, that, that has a, a, a big impact. What has an infinitely larger impact is your experiences when you're a child. Okay. Life, your life is colored primarily. I'm not speaking casually here. Life is, your life is colored primarily by experiences you had before you can even remember. Okay. Um, For the most part, before you were seven, you were, you were most, you know, you were mostly formed. Okay. Um, So you're, so, so life, let me just say it again. Life is colored primarily by experiences you have before you can even remember. Okay. So why is this? So, so basically what happens is that early on in childhood, you have, you know, a number of experiences and one of them hurts. Okay. Many of them hurt, of course, but one will create like a trauma. All right. And then trauma is kind of a tricky word. I try to try to use the word experience instead because it's not a trauma necessarily like abuse or neglect. Okay. Now, if you were abused or neglected as a child, then it could certainly be ne- abuse or neglect, obviously. Right. But, but it doesn't need to be. You could have an absolutely golden childhood and this would still, uh, this would still apply to you. Okay. So, so the reason why that is, the reason why it's a, it's a trauma, even though it's not a, a trauma the way your adult mind would consider it, is <clears throat> um, it's an experience where you as a child thought that your life was being threatened. Okay, you sort of see this, this moment as, oh my God, I might die. Okay, and, and so it's a really big deal to you at the time, okay? And it may not be a really big deal in reality, quote unquote, as far as your life may not have been threatened. Hopefully it never was. But you thought that it was, okay? And that's a really important distinction. <clears throat> so every person has this experience without exception. Every single person incarnated on the planet right now has this experience without exception. In childhood, they have an experience that impacts them very deeply. And again, it's not necessarily like a trauma, like neglect or abuse, although it certainly can be those things, but it's when a child perceived its life as threatened. Okay, so let's give an example. So let's say there's a baby in a crib, okay? And mom and dad are cooing over the baby. The baby is, you know, whatever age. And they're baby noises. People make baby noises. So so everything's fine. And the, and the baby is, you know, children are extremely sensitive, right? And they're, they can feel the love and they're reading all the, you know, facial expressions the babies read and, and they're, they're aware that they're safe and they're fine and everything's great. Good. Phone rings, okay? Dad goes off to, to answer the phone. Mom stays there cooing over the baby. Everything's great. Baby's happy. Everything's safe, Okay. Dad comes back into the room and says, honey, your sister's been in an accident. Mom goes, 
and leaves to address the situation. Now, let's look at what just happened from the baby's perspective, okay? Everything's fine. It knows it's safe. It's, it's being loved and cared for. It has no doubt about its, its, that it's okay, right? About its, its safety, that it will survive. Then mother, who is the sole source of, you know, or nearly sole source of, of comfort and safety, is, um, you know, her, her field, her energy field goes into fear like that and she leaves, okay? Baby has no idea what has just happened and could panic, okay? This could be, it depends on the child, when, you know, which moment it is that, that creates this, this, uh, this impactful experience. Um, but let's say this is that, that child's wounding moment. So then, bam, baby goes, oh my God, I don't know if they're ever coming back. Okay. That child has no idea whether or not mother and father, what has happened, if they are dying, if they are dead, if, if baby's going to die, if, you know, it'll ever get fed again, et cetera. And so that fear kicks in and all of a sudden, you know, life isn't so certain anymore. And in that moment, it, it comes to a conclusion of sorts. Okay. It draws a conclusion from, from its perception of that situation. Okay. Let's say for this child, let's say it's a male child, and let's say um, the conclusion that it comes to is that um, women can't be trusted. Okay. Now, is that necessarily a true statement? No. There's very trustworthy women in the world. There's certainly at least one. So that's not an accurate thing, right? But what children do is they take their individual experience and they generalize it, okay? And so they go, oh, well, this happened. I was, you know, if, the, if this is the way that child saw it, I was betrayed by this woman because she left me, right? And, and, and so that must be the way the entire world is, okay? Women can't be trusted, boom. From that particular example, just so you know, that could have been, that could also result in a belief that men can't be trusted or that women always leave or that you're unlovable, you know, that no one wants, no, no one wants you. So there are these sort of these huge overarching statements. And the reason why I speak with such confidence that every single person on the planet has this is because every single person I have approached and we have examined what their life is like you know, oh, I have X, X, Y, Z problem. Okay, great. Let's, let's look at, you know, what happened. And we peel back the layers until we find this moment. And every single person has one. In fact, you have several. You have a few. But you'll have, you know, one or two really major, you know, life issues. And so that baby that, okay, now, now let's talk about what happens next. Because obviously the mother comes back, Right. Mother comes back or dad comes back or whatever, but it doesn't matter. The damage is done, okay? Because the baby's system goes, I have to protect myself because women leave me. And so in order to survive, I have to da 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 da, da whatever. Probably never trust a woman, okay? So then fast forward, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, and they come into my office and they say, you know, I, I've been married to my wife for 30 years and I'm madly in love with her and we have no intimacy. We have no connection. 
Or I have no problem with her. I want to love her, but I can't. Or I love her, but I don't feel anything for her. Or the sex isn't good. Or somebody else, they come into my office and they say, every relationship I've been in, the woman's left me. Or, you know, I'm, I'm always chasing women and they never want me. Okay. So since we used that example earlier that, that, um, that women are, you know, that you're always chasing, right? And never being chased, never, never being pursued as if you had value. Let's, let's use that one. So let's say that was that little boy, that little baby, and he decided that women can't be trusted. And so then 50 years later, he walks into my office because he's always chasing women and they never chase him. And it turns out that he's really attracted to really aloof women who he, who he, wants, to, he wants to be present, but, but they can't do it. They're not interested in him. So he's attracted. He's literally attracted to women who don't want him. That's what he, that's what he, that's actually what he wants. <laughs> Is that, is that sort of conflict. So you can see how this, these things work underneath the surface because what, the pro, what it looks like the problem is is not actually the problem. It looks like, oh, well, women always cheat on me. Well, okay, that's because women are cheaters. That's because, you know, our fucked up current society. That's because Tinder doesn't lead to commitment. That's because, you know, there's too much, uh, you know, ADD society it's because divorce is too easy. I mean, I could point to anything, class issues, race issues, social issues, um, uh, cultural issues. I mean, you could point to anything and find an excuse, but it will not fix your problem because the, the problem is being carried around inside you you are repeatedly attracting it. So there's these underlying, uh, you know, beliefs that create patterns in your life. And this is what I work with. So guys come to me and I draw out their pattern. I'm like, great, what's happening in your life? And they tell me, I'm always chasing women and they never want me. Okay. You know, let's talk about, you know, let's, let's, let's work our way back. You know, and gradually we find this place where you know, maybe they don't value themselves. Maybe they feel they have no, no worth. And then, of course, as we said earlier, that communicates. If you feel you have no worth, it is highly, highly unlikely you will find anyone else who does, who thinks that you have self-worth. Excuse me, who thinks that you have worth. Right? So, so you will prove yourself right. You have... Most people have no idea how powerful they are. You are a powerful creature, a creature of such power I can't even describe to you. It is profound, okay? You attract exactly what it is that you want. So where do you start? If you're looking for how to solve your problem, look at what you're getting first, okay? Look at what your what you're seeing. Okay, I'm looking around in my life and I have a lot of women who I think are great options and I pursue them and then they, they fade away or they just want to be friends or they're just not attracted to me. Okay, so then that's the pattern. Okay, try not to get sort of, you know, pulled up in the details of like, oh, this one's going to be different. 
Okay, it always looks like it's going to be different. It's never fucking different. If it were different, it wouldn't be the pattern. Okay? So assume that whatever you're getting is intentional to start and then go from there. So so how does this kind of work? So basically how this works is, you know, you've got these underlying beliefs. Um, you, you drew a conclusion about, about the world, okay? Um, if I show myself, then I'll, I'll get hurt. So then you don't. And if you were, if you were th- from there just to go through life not showing yourself and being fine with it, that would be great. Okay, that's no problem. The problem is that you're not happy not showing yourself when that's your underlying belief, right? You, you're not happy with women just not being trusted. It's not like you'll be like, oh, okay, well, maybe you'll, you'll, be, you'll be gay and it won't be a problem. You know, gay male and that won't be an issue. Nope, it will make itself an issue in your life. <laughs> that I can guarantee you immediately, okay? The other thing I can guarantee you is that and this is, this is absolutely something that I say on my, um, you know, to my, to my clients. They say, you know, okay, well, do you have a, a guarantee? I have an, an eight-week program that I, I help people go through um, that, that takes them, you know, that, that unlocks these beliefs, that, that takes them down to the very bottom, shows them, you know, what they're carrying around and putting out that they don't realize that they are, and then, you know, shows them how to, how to let go of them. And sometimes they say, okay, you know, when they're talking about, about buying the course and they say, do you have a guarantee? And I said, absolutely, yeah. I can guarantee that if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to get the same results. You know, that's, that's my guarantee. And it absolutely is. And also I've got a guarantee that it works. But, but, but in reality, I mean, that's absolutely the truth. If you don't change anything, don't expect anything to change. Because it's not going to. Okay. Remember, what's the common denominator of all of your less than stellar life experiences? You are. It's always you. Okay. So, so when you're that, that baby or that, that infant or that small child and you have this experience and you have this realization, you, you generalize it out to the world, your system is basically trying to protect you. Okay. It's like, oh my God, I might die. Okay, mom left. I don't know if she's ever coming back. So there's the moment of trauma. I might die. I have to protect myself to make sure this is never going to happen ever, ever, ever again. That's what the belief is. Okay? The belief is, is, you, is your system protecting itself. Okay? It's a natural human phenomenon. All right? That's why it's, everybody does it. Unless you were born and stayed enlightened, you have had this experience in your life. And if you were born and stayed enlightened, please call in because I would really love to hear what you have to say. 708-793-7769. Please give your input. So, so this is about, it's, it's our system protecting us, protecting us, right? So the, the good news is that you do protect yourself from that much pain. You sort of cut off the amount of life experience you're willing to let in, okay? And the, the, the good news is that you, 
you do, you protect yourself from that, you know, a deep level of pain, risking that again. The bad news is that you can't just cut out part of life, okay? If so, everyone would cut out the bad parts and keep just the good parts, right? But what happens is when you're unwilling to feel uh, pain, really it's just life, but, but you know, the, the quote-unquote bad parts of life, the, the parts that hurt, when you're unwilling the, the extent to which you are unwilling to feel pain, you are unable to feel joy. That's a bitch, huh? But it's actually accurate. It is actually 100% true. I've experienced that for myself and seen it countless times. Okay? So, so you can't, you know, you know when, when you're, if you're, you're sitting in a chair and somebody comes up and does something scary or brings up a stressful um, topic, your breath will shorten, okay? Your sympathetic nervous system kicks in, which is like your sort of fight or flight response. And your parasympathetic nervous system um, switches out, okay? Which is when you sort of, you know, sleep and um, go to the bathroom and do things you can do when you're relaxed when you don't have to worry about your survival, okay? Remember, it's only been a few thousand years that we've been dressed up in different clothes. Our, our, physical bodies are still the exact same as they've been for, you know, millions of years. So at least for, you know, a million, a few million years, quite a long time. So we're still in that, you know, we're still just these kinds of animals. We're just brought up in a different environment. So, so if you're sitting in a chair and you're, um, and I bring up something stressful, you, you, you cut off your breathing, you restrict your breathing. Well, part of that um, on an energetic level is to keep you from feeling. Okay, when you don't breathe deeply, you don't feel as much. Okay, and that's intentional because you're stressed and it hurts. It's uncomfortable. So you cut it right off. Okay, but the problem is that from that perspective, with that, with your breath restricted, you can't feel joy. You can't feel deep joy either. It sort of brings the, the realm of, of emotions that you, can, that you can experience to like a mid-range. Okay, and that tends to be where most people live. Sort of numbed out to a certain extent because they're not willing to, to risk, you know, well, I, I can't trust women. I'm not willing to trust women. I'm, I'm never willing to do that ever again because that feels like death. It feels like you're risking death, but it's not. In our example, you weren't even risking death then, <laughs> Right? You know, for, for some children, their, their lives may really have been threatened. But it doesn't matter. Excuse me, it does matter. That's a terrible thing. But it, it doesn't matter now because you're an adult. So, so the fact that you're coming, you, you, you come to me because you're not feeling enough, you know, because you've got these negative patterns with women or because something in your life is making you unhappy. And we, we, we work our way back to see how it is that you're, you're blocking yourself. If you're, well, I, I, I sure wish that women w- would pursue me, but you don't trust them. You won't really invest in them and they always feel that and stay a little bit aloof, stay a little bit held back. Then the solution to that is risking trusting and really putting yourself in, which is going to feel like the scariest thing because it, it, it makes your system feel like that moment when you were a baby in the crib. It reminds your system. Your system goes, wait a minute, I'm pretty sure that I decided you know, to never, ever do that because if I did that, I would die. If I trust women, I will die. I mean, that's truly how it feels. I mean, it's, it sounds 
silly out of context, but that's literally what is happening in your system. So you're, so you're experiencing this um, life or death situation and all you're doing is sitting in a chair talking to me. Okay, but you feel like, well, I definitely can't do that. You know, I definitely can't put myself out there more because I get rejected and that, that feels like, you know, the worst thing ever. Okay, but it's, but it's not. Because the fact of the matter is that no matter what happened to you as a child, okay, I'm, sp- I'm speaking directly to you now. Whatever it is that happened to you as a child is never, ever, ever going to happen again. Ever. It can't because you're an adult now. The only reason that was as threatening as it was, you know, let's say, you know, dad beat the shit out of you, okay? But you were two. Now, if someone came at you and took a swing, you'd have a totally different response, okay? You can protect yourself now. You're an adult, and these fears are based in childhood, even infancy. So, and the reason that they have their power is because they're unconscious. As soon as you become aware of them, as soon as you talk about them, as soon as you risk, you know, letting them out, that's when the magic happens. That's why I don't tell my clients what to do. I don't give them advice. I don't, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll help them get from point A to point B. I mean, they always, you know, they always get there. But I don't ever presume to know what they need to do. And I don't, I don't have to. All I have to do is show them these, these beliefs, right? Do you know, did you know that you don't trust women? You know, because chances are you didn't. Because it's not really that logical. You know, sometimes people will say, you'll see it in people's language. Uh, they'll be like, oh, you know, yeah, but, you know, women and, you know, what can you do? Or how can you expect any better? Or something like that. Like, you'll, you know, you'll hear people say stuff like that. And that's fine. But often, again, people don't understand what they're doing wrong. Why am I getting, you know, why am I always getting screwed in relationships? Why am I always getting left? Why do I always have the dregs of people to pick from and not the people that are high quality that I want? What is it that you believe unconsciously that's holding you back? Well, first thing to do is look at the pattern. What is your actual pattern? I would sit down. I would take 15 minutes of, quiet, you know, go back in your room, close the door and write down, what is your actual pattern? This is the, this is the way out of this. This is the, the secret to the entire thing. Look for the pattern. Are you always pursuing? Are you always friend zoned? Are you, are you always, um, you know, reaching out of your league? A lot of guys like to define things that way. Are you, um, constantly being left? Are you, you know, the one that, that they choose the other person over? What is your pattern? Or maybe you have great luck with women, but you're always bored. Or you always date the one that you want. You date the beautiful, popular one, and you don't feel anything. I experience that a lot too. I have clients coming into me with that. So 
So first things first, find the pattern, okay? And then look at what the actual pattern is. Like, okay, well, this is what always happens. They always, they always, you know, I get left all the time. Okay. So what does that, what does that say about you? What does that mean for you? You know, do you look at, at what you just wrote down, which is, let's say, women always leave me. Do you look at that and say, yeah, fuck women. They're the worst. Try and defend yourself in that way. Do you look at that and think, hmm, yep, no wonder they do because I'm worthless. I wouldn't date me either. So you see how these, this sort of, the, the thinking becomes, you know, becomes a little bit more aware. And then when you find that, that's what you focus on. Well, I don't think I'm worth staying for. Oh, okay. Well, if you don't think you're worth staying for, there's very little chance that they do. Okay, and you see how this now, and now the pattern is, the belief is conscious. Okay, and from there, and that's about 90% of the work. And that's not an exaggeration. Once, the, once it becomes conscious, you're, you know, it's, it's back in control. You're taken off of autopilot. I usually say that's, that's what I do for a living. I take people off of autopilot. So that's your exercise. Look for the pattern. You know, have some intuition about what's, what's reasonable behind the pattern. Okay? Write it down. Take this seriously. This is how you fix your life. Okay? And then when it comes down to it, just accept whatever's there. It's okay. Somebody else has got something worse. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so that's it for me. That is my advice for the week. I hope it's been helpful. I'm really, really glad that you've joined me. I hope that you got a huge amount out of it. Domini Drew with Radical Intimacy signing off. I'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Domini Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.